Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Wow, it's taken a long time for me to upload this episode. Second episode of the third season. Um, blame it on all that ghostwriting work that I had to do and also editing. I'll get better at this one day, but that day is not today. However, podcast is very interesting. It's like about an hour and change of your time. So um, I promise you, you won't want it back. You won't want the time back. Enjoy. Uh, my name is Elizabeth Njogu and I'm a writer from Nairobi. I have a website, elizabethnjogu.co.ke. Um, I have a blog and all my story content is available there, but it links to my Wattpad site where I share fan fiction with anybody who happily read it. Okay. Welcome, Elizabeth. Vera, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, my name is uh, Vera Kabushime. I am Burundian. I'm a writer and editor. Uh, I have my own website, which is uh, com, And I work for both Comet Reviews, that's Comet.reviews, and uh, Culty Geeks, which are both uh, review websites for uh, m- media in general from cosplay to manga, anime, series, anything. Okay, thank you. Is there more? Sorry. I said that's about it. Okay. So um, my name is Anne-Marie. I'm the host of this podcast, Tales from the Script. And I also write. I write. I am a ghostwriter and an author and a fanfic writer and any other type of writer that exists i probably have done it um this week we are talking to elizabeth about a certain fit feat fat feat that she has accomplished and that is writing 50k words in one week now um currently just as we are speaking I have three assignments to finish uh, just concurrently. They they happen to have like deadlines following each other. So I am feeling like I am dead. Every single muscle in my body is aching. And I don't think I have written 50K words. So how did you do it? I mean, how and why did you do it? The how is very easy to answer. Uh-huh. You plan. And then once you've planned, you sit down and you type until you reach your word count. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I would like to make it more complicated, but that's literally all there is. The why is a little bit more because I have this backlog of story ideas and I have 24 hours in my day 365 days in a year 
And if I want to get through these ideas, writing once a year during NaNoWriMo is just not enough. So part of it was just how much more can I write and still sort of be a functional human being? And also how good can I write such that you're not writing something very quickly and then editing it for six years afterwards? Yeah. So those are the first two parts. Then the second thing was I saw somebody who had done it. I mean, I've seen plenty of people who have done it. Uh, there's actually an ongoing challenge for writing 50,000 words in seven days. But the difference was this particular person took the time to sort of break down what she did, how she did, you know, all the things she put in place to make sure that she actually had a successful experience. So I literally just copied that and did what I could to emulate it. Now, she types way faster than I do. She had like a 1500 words um, hour. And, you know, she was writing for 10 hours a day. On the flip side, she has six kids and she was doing all the crazy things. And I figured, I can do this. I really can. So I tried. And it worked. So crazy, but possible, which I suppose makes it a little less crazy. Possibly. But... Okay, like in my experience, just like as a, a, a ghostwriter, my biggest challenge is that is the focus because like I can do sit down and, and want to write. For example, today I sat down at four o'clock in the afternoon and I wanted to write, but just like getting started, getting that like, okay, let's do it. Let's do it is it there's always let me check my twitter first you know let me water my my plants let me oh, go for a walk so that i can you know um get the blood flowing so even just like that to start is every day every day is a challenge and then to sit down and write you write uh, maybe you focus for 25 minutes, then you take a break. And then the break, the break was supposed to be five minutes, ends up being 50 minutes. And then you're like, okay, let me, let me go back. Let me go back. And then you make yourself write another 25 minutes and then 50 minutes of like, how do you, how do you deal with that? Is it like, are you just like one of those people who don't have that problem? Or did you consciously come up with ways to stop yourself from the procrastination that comes in? I to answer both questions, yes. I definitely have trouble. Definitely, all the time. But there was something about this particular challenge, more so, I think because it was so short. It's such a short time and you have to do so much, you really do not have time to, to waste if you actually want to succeed. So that definitely had its own kind of motivation. You, you're pushing yourself because you know, 
if you're going to successfully achieve this, then there's no way you're going to be sitting there staring at the screen thinking, what am I going to write? You just sit and write. But yeah, I had moments where I'd sit in front of, and I'm thinking, I'm looking, I, I mean, I'm looking at my outline and I'm thinking, I know what I thought I was trying to write, but I don't know how I'm going to start or what I'm going to say. And you get to a point where you're like, okay, you, know, you just need to get on with it. So I had, the first thing I did was mix up my sprints because I realized if you do the same thing over and over again, bad for the brain because I'd get I'd get too used to that rhythm and then the next time I'd come to the same rhythm and I'd be like yeah no the second one and this one was completely accidental I found a sprint where instead of doing one steady duration and then one steady break they had chatting for like 10 minutes, then you do 15 minutes, then I'm more chatting for 10 minutes, and then you do 20 minutes, then you do 25 minutes, then you do 30 minutes, then you do 25 minutes again, 20 minutes and 15, and that's the sprint. That's it, that's all you do. It works out to a little bit over, uh, it's a, a little bit under three hours if the breaks are exactly 10 minutes, but it was so effective at sort of, because you know, 15 minutes is not a long time. So you just sort of get there and you look at it and you figure, okay, I'll write like a hundred words in 15 minutes. Then you start and then the 15 minutes ends and you're like, wait, I've got 350 words. So when the 20 minutes comes along, you're like, okay, fine, I'll write 350 words. But then you write 500 and you're like, okay, wait, wait, wait. So the next, and it just adds on itself. And by the time we're generally done with that. You are in the middle of telling us. The You're in the middle of right. telling us. About the sprints. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so that the progressive increase and decrease was mm -hmm. very helpful in stuck because having that short duration made it easy to get started and then just progress and then wind down very nicely. And I actually found that with those, I had a better word count than with the steady ones. I don't know why. It actually works out to less writing time, but it was better. That actually so, makes sense to me. Because um, I think sometimes when you're doing uh, like 25 minutes, you at some point, sometimes you want to write more than those 25 minutes. Other times you get tired faster. And so you're like, ah, oh, I still have 10 more minutes to go. And so I think when you vary it like that, it probably your brain is able to you know say okay i did i it, it's not getting it it's not being stuck into this routine so it doesn't feel like a chore maybe anymore then oh, there were times when now the opposite was where the variable was just annoying and you want to just 
Sit and you want to continue. Life. Exactly. So depending on how I felt, that's what I would do. As long as I stuck to my my three blocks of three hours, I generally made my count for the day. Um, more or less within that specified time. Three blocks so, of three hours. Like, um, yeah, could you break that down further? Like, what were your okay, blocks? So generally, what I do when I'm writing, because again, I, I'm familiar with how my speed works and what I'm able to do. Uh, three hours of writing will get me 3,000 words. So three hours is sort of like a single block. Uh -huh. If I want more, you literally just multiply the number of blocks that you have. So when I'm trying to write more like the previous challenge that I did in June, I just had two blocks. So I'd write from 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., then I'd take a break, then I'd write from 9 p.m. till midnight. So because well, I that, knew that, I need... That sounds so easy to do, and yet I'm like, where are you finding these hours? <laughs> That's the thing about it is that I mean, if you consider that all the other things will fit into the time that left, mm -hmm. all the other things that... being the rest of your life. Exactly. So you wake up in the morning. I didn't have any sprints in the morning because I'm not a morning person. I'm not even ever going to pretend I'm a morning person. Mm -hmm. So I things in the morning you know you do your chores you do your cleaning you do your errands whatever you have to do you come home you have lunch then after lunch mm -hmm. you three p.m sprint and then you write until six wherever you reach at six you stop mm -hmm. and do the dinner time thing and all those other things then by nine o'clock mm. you're, you're done with midnight. that mm. yes now, the thing that was different about this particular one is because I had a word count that was bigger than anything I had ever done before. Yeah. Uh, so knowing I needed to write at a minimum 7,300 words per day. Okay, 7,300 and your blocks are 3,000 words each. So two, yes. your two blocks are doing 6,000. So you have to you find... Maybe another half block somewhere. I didn't even bother with a half block. I just did a full block <laughs> because <laughs> I figured uh, you have diminishing returns as you get tired during the day. Yeah. So happens, happens, but at least you'll be there for enough time to get your 7,200 words. So when and was your third three-hour so block? I, I moved things around quite a bit. So what I would do is I I gave up some of my morning and I started writing at eleven. I do mm -hmm. I did eleven. Then I'd take a break until four thirty, four thirty to seven thirty. Then I'd mm -hmm. take a break until ten, and then ten to one a.m. So eleven to three. You said eleven to three. Eleven to twelve. Twelve to one. To one to two. Eleven to two. Eleven to two. Four thirty to seven thirty. Mm -hmm. Then. Then to. Ten p.m. to one a.m. 
Okay, okay. Still sounds very uh, doable. It, 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 in it theory, is. in theory, it sounds very doable. Yes. <laughs> now, what generally would happen is that sense of diminishing returns was pretty bad because the first sprint you're doing your 3000 the second sprint maybe you're even doing slightly better but by the third sprint uh -huh. you're looking and thinking what are words yeah <laughs> yeah okay. i reach i usually reach that point around 3 a.m yeah so i i tried not to write very late mm. um because there's that sense that if you start if you write until late it steals from the morning which as a non-morning person i'm usually very happy if the writing continues until late but because i was trying to have this functional life chunks of yes and and <laughs> and manage my sense <laughs> like a normal person perhaps mm. uh the, then I would need to keep up with this steady schedule. I, I did manage to do that quite, quite steadily, but some days were easier than others for sure. I mean, I'm 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 completely relating because um, that's basically my life. Because being a ghostwriter, you wake up, you write, you sleep. So I'm just like, okay, that sounds so easy. Why don't why don't I do that? And then I think about like I keep trying to do that, but it doesn't it doesn't I think I do you think you can manage that schedule long term or is it because you are doing it for one week that you are able to keep to it? Would you be able to do it for six months maybe? No, not even a little bit. I, 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 after that one week, I have come to the very real conclusion that it is not for me at all. Uh, it's interesting. It's definitely interesting. But I'm, I'm either not yet at the place where I can write that much and not have it kick back at me. The, the kickback was pretty vicious because by the time I was done, like Friday, I was a cabbage. <laughs> yeah. But I know it's something that you can get better at. Uh -huh. So the practicing it seems worthwhile. But uh, no, I don't know that it's sustainable in the long haul. And there's also the reality that, you know, unless you're writing some epic grand scale you're going to finish your book that i mean obviously so i mean at any time when you write for however long whether it's seven days or 12 days or however many days at some point you'll get to the end of the book and a break is a natural response to that so i, I don't know that you would even want it to be something that you sustain over the long haul it's, it's something that you do, you finish, you take some time off, you do something else, and then you come back to it again. I, I think that I think that's the just the natural progression of these things. 
um, at least if you don't want to, you know, live like a cabbage. <laughs> True. I mean, like, um, personally, the physical effects that have affected me from writing are the carpal tunnel, like my wrists, like it, it really hurts sometimes. And the pain in your shoulders how did you how did you how was how was it for you was it physical or was it just mm -hmm. mental it was very mental but then that was because what i was talking about when i talked about maintenance practices when you have maintenance practices those breaks are not just a break for the writing mm -hmm. a break for your book break for your brain so I would walk around I would make myself a cup of tea but then I would also do that thing of massaging my shoulders because I have a roller and the, the 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 roller balls that you use to relieve tension I would you know I would stretch do my yoga stretches in between sprints or at the end of a sprint you do you know a full like stretching time for half an hour get your body nimble so in terms of how i felt going my physical exhaustion was not as bad as just you have used up your mental space you just don't have any brain power left but i was i didn't have that achy thing where you know you get stiff or it wasn't as bad simply because I made a very, very, very serious point to, you know, stretch, exercise, move around. Those breaks were not optional. They were yeah. needed to be. I actually have a question about that. Um, yes. You talked about how the, the, the breaks are for both the, the body and the mind, right? But is there any way that you found to regenerate that energy for your mind so that you could keep writing the easiest one strangely enough chatting on <laughs> chatting on whatsapp was weirdly useful and then just generally you know i my neighbors you know just talking to people talking to other people because you're there on your computer you might mistake talking to your characters as talking to people it is not the same <laughs> I'm so serious. You can be so immersed in the story, you forget that it is not a real world. But no, talking to people, literally going out of my way to do it. We would stand outside my door and we'd just bask in the sun for like five minutes and you'd chat to the kids as they run around and, you know, you, you say hi to everyone. Then you come back and you feel so much better and you're like, huh, okay. Uh... I continued reading. Reading was actually very strange because I had no intention to read. I, I kind of figured if I'm writing something and I'm spending all this time like writing, I will not have time to read, so why bother? But then I had this collection of short stories uh, and I just decided, okay, just read the short stories. So that's what I did. I would read like one, okay, who am I kidding? Sometimes I read like three, <laughs> but you'd one short story <laughs> to the end and you'd be like well that was interesting and and then you'd move on to the next thing and then the next break you're like wait there was an interesting story there and i ended up finishing the book 
they had something like 24 short stories, but I finished it. So yeah, it was it was a weird thing because I had intended not to do it, that it worked was great. I find that for me, I read fan fiction. Sometimes during those breaks, um, I read like half a story or a quarter of a fanfic story that I'm reading. And that gives me that mental break that Vera is talking about. Just rest your mind and feed it a little bit. And also maybe you don't know, you could get like um, an idea for the next part of your story or it's just, it does help. That is, you Now that part, that thing that you said, getting ideas, Mm -hmm. There is no, and this is actually one of the downsides of writing so fast. Mm -hmm. There is no room to veer from, because you don't have enough time to figure out if a tangent is worth following. And if it is worth following, and then you come back from it, it takes too much time to sort of figure out how to come back from it how to incorporate it in the story. Exactly. So I, you, I had to stick, there are places where, you know, you, you, you think of something and wait. So I just put those things in square brackets and I left them there because I didn't have time to explore them. And you just go back to your outline and you work your outline. You literally have to, it's, it actually has a regimentalness that I didn't like because it didn't give you any room to do anything different. Um, and that can be a great thing, especially, and, and, and in this case, you know, because I had the outline already done and had done it some time back, sticking to it was actually a good thing because I, apparently I knew what I was doing back then. So trusting that I wasn't confused about it, I just followed through and it did progress quite nicely. But uh, there were places where I, I, I felt I could have done more and I, I'll probably have to do that in the edits, but uh, you don't have time for that at all. And it drove me a little bit crazy. <laughs> you want to I, be able to poke at something and then see if it pokes back. Uh, yeah, I, I I can totally imagine because I can't imagine not being able to to follow a thread when I when I find one because it's like I'm not really I'm more of a pantser than a planner and when I write an outline it's just like a a suggestion you know and <laughs> when I'm writing the story tells you. We, that's not where we're going. That's not. What about this thing? What about this thing? We have to take care of this thing that's come up. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. So uh, even I find like in my clients' stories, they sometimes they give me outlines, but I'm like, I'm sorry, but the story said it's going this direction. I can't help you. Okay, it's the story. I can't do anything about it. It wants to go this way. It only makes sense if you go this way. So it's I I can't even imagine how it must feel to to say no. This is the outline that I wrote, and this is where we're going. Re 
regardless, how do you feel about like your story now? Do you feel like uh, it's is, is are you satisfied with it or do you feel like the edit is going to be crazy? I this is again this is one of those things that is sort of you only realize in retrospect because when I was writing it, I wanted to do those tangents. I wanted to go to those sidebars and sort of explore some things. And then I couldn't. And I came back to what it is I had done as my outline, and I stuck to it. I don't mind the final product. I, I, I think it's true to what I intended when I first wrote the outline. And that is, that's fine by me, absolutely. Uh, you wrote the story you wanted to write. Exactly. The story that I wanted to write back then. And then the, it's even more interesting when you sort of find a point that you were trying to make earlier in the story and then you realize it's actually in your outline, but it's in like two chapters down and you just yeah. haven't gone through that. Something like that. So that happened a couple of times and I was like, oh, wait, I'm rushing myself. Chill, chill. Apparently I knew where my brain was going. Just, just be patient with yourself. Uh, so that was interesting. Um, the rest of it, I, as a planster, I think I do give myself enough leeway in general. As I mentioned, my, my, my outline for this, it was 30 chapters and an epilogue, but my outline was about 3,000 words. Wow. That's 100 chapters. So it's not, it's not a strict plot, you know, it's not... It's not written in stone where, you know, I have everything mapped out. It's, it's usually just suggestions. So that's usually enough to keep me going. And then you just fill in the gaps. So it wasn't terribly, you know, constrictive. Uh, but I think the, that freedom to sort of figure that out without feeling like you have a gun to your head which is sort of like the feeling you get when you're trying to do this particular yeah. challenge. Uh, I, I could do without that. that. Those are the things that are making me realize that, yes, as much as it was fun, maybe one week is too short. So um, going forward, wait, Vera, uh, I believe you had a question. Ah, yes, I had a question uh, about... Uh, how you picked what work you're going to do. Because you said you had a backlog that you wanted to work through. And that's one of the things that pushed you to do this challenge. So how did you pick which one you're going to do? Okay, when I was... So some of us have files of things. I, I have a huge file of things. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but um, when I was picking the projects for this year, I picked... what, like five, six. And I knew that some of them were going to be for NaNoWriMo specifically, and some of them were, I was going to have to fit somewhere in the year. I didn't even know how I was going to do it. But the idea for the super long story, the one that I'm actually doing in... Okay, so... <clears throat> So I had a list of projects that I wanted to do, an unknown time that I was going to do them in, and some of them were going to be for NaNoWriMo. That's what I knew. 
Okay, just let me interrupt you shortly. I can't believe we're already here, but it seems we have nine minutes and 50 seconds. Okay, so continue. <laughs> I can answer this in three minutes. So what happened is when I made up my mind that I was doing the long story during NaNoWriMo. I had to find somewhere for the things that I had intended to do it during NaNoWriMo somewhere else, anywhere else. I didn't even care where. <laughs> Okay, wait. So this is not the wrong, the long story. There's a longer one. The longer one that is still being done in November. How many words? Oh, <laughs> wow. Uh, I don't know how many words. It's 128 outlined chapters. Wow. Okay, okay, okay. Chapters. <laughs> chapters. That, oh that, could, that could go up to 200,000 then. Yes. So, so that, that is November business. And I figured, you know, I put it in November. However much I do is however much I do. But it will not leave room for anything else. So what I had initially intended to do during that time, I had to find somewhere else. And then, of course, when the, the whole idea of well, you could try it in a week. I was like, okay. <laughs> try it. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I wish there was some like profound reasoning. It was literally those ones of, can I really do this? Let's try and then see. So I tried. I got my 50,000 words and yeah, I'm one story down and... 200,000 more words to go. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's so ridiculous, but at the same time, ha, yes, this is what we did. You didn't even worry about uh, having to rewrite possibly this whole story? I if it didn't mind. work? I don't mind rewriting. I, in fact, there's something about having something already there and then having to fix it. That is, for me, a little bit easier than a blank slate. You can't fix nothing. You know, you can't, mm -hmm. you can't edit what doesn't exist. So if it exists, even if it exists in this mishmash of things, you can look at it, you can do something with it. So even knowing that I mean, I was deathly afraid that, you know, I'd get to like day seven and I'd have 25,000 words and that would be that, uh, which is why I was very resistant to the whole idea of why would I talk about it when I haven't done it yet? <laughs> but 25,000 words is good. Either way, it's, 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 it's progress. It's progress, yes. But there was also that thing of you want to give it your best shot. Yeah. So that's what I did. You give it your best shot. You know, you aim at the side of the barn, you hit something and you call it a win. And that's it. So You aim for the stars so, and you hit the moon. Pretty much. So this was one of those things where even in the worst case scenario, it felt like I'd still be better off than if I didn't try anything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 
and I, st I still I have another story. I mean, there were two stories slated for November, and they were the ones that were kicked out by the epic. That's what I'm calling it. <laughs> <laughs> because, hey, that outline, I don't even know why it happened. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but, you know, uh, I, I have another one. So I'm not going to do seven days, that's for sure. But, you know, I still have a month before NaNoWriMo, so stuff could happen in there. Stuff could happen. Hmm. What what is stuff? What is what 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 kind of stuff? <laughs> like the like the, like I could I, as I said I had two stories slated for Nano Raimo, but they were both displaced. I've written one as part of this particular challenge. I still have one left, so you know October could be could be another challenge month, maybe. Maybe <laughs> maybe. Let me see how well rested I am by then and how clean I can get the draft for this particular story before then. Because that sort of will determine how I feel about doing something else. Uh, as I said, I wanted to finish the story as much as the, the 50,000 words was like the cutoff point for the challenge. Um, a complete story is far better than an incomplete one. So finishing is is part of the plan. So what's what's in the future for the story? What what was the purpose of writing it? Are you putting it up on your website? Are you uh, querying it? What's the future of your story? This story needs to get finished, edited, cleaned up, and I'm hoping that next year I will veer off of the free content on Wattpad into the inglorious world of self-publishing. Um, so I would assume it will go through all the steps that you generally put a story before you put it into the public. So I have some beta readers. I may be looking at options for professional editing I'm still not sure. It, it, that's a, it's more of a cost issue rather than yeah. a, So if I can manage it, I will definitely try. If not, there are alternatives that are cheaper and lesser, but it requires me to do more of the work. So it will be sort of the, one of those things where do I pay someone to do it so that I don't have to or do I suffer for myself and then not have to pay somebody else? Yeah. Their, their choice. Um, and then, of course, the cost benefit will play into that. If it's too expensive and I can't afford it, it doesn't matter how much I want it. Whereas, you know, if it's more affordable, then it might be worth it to, you know, subcontract the services. So those are things that I have to make decisions about. So between the beta readers, the choices for publishing, the choices for, I mean, sorry, the choices for editing and then the choices for self-publishing. The hope is that, you know, I'll have something, oh, no, um, towards the end of next year. Yeah. Because, yeah, because right now I want to finish the stories that I wrote in June are the ones that I'm doing on one path now. 
and I'm doing them as chapter books, which means you get one chapter every so many days. And the first one gets finished just before, no, just after NaNoWriMo has started. So I'm probably not going to be able to start the next one. I'm torn between doing a Christmas start or a New Year start. So I'll have a story around that time as well. But if I do a Christmas start, it will end at the end of January. If I do a New Year start, it will end on Valentine's Day. I kind of like that, just that position, ending on Valentine's Day, especially since it's a love story. Yeah. Yeah, and then I want to do the epic. I actually want to do the epic first before this story that I just wrote. And I'm thinking of a March chapter book release. But that would be on my website, not on Wattpad. Or maybe both. Decisions still need to be made. <laughs> I mean, I need to write the thing first before I can start making decisions about it. So November is, you know, draft like a maniac and then figure things out in the new year. Later on. But, but definitely March-ish is my ideal. Uh, worst case scenario um, around June. And then now once that is, is, is running, uh, use that to sort of give my self-publishing launch a soft launch so that people action because they'll hopefully already have a sense for my style and I think doing it concurrently with the fan fiction epic um, on my website will make it easier for them to transition to you might have to pay a little money for this please do you write uh, fan fiction on your Wattpad? Or is it original fiction? Only write. Uh, fan, uh, Wattpad is exclusively fan fiction. Okay. Um, so, I don't know. In my experience, um, sometimes it doesn't translate. Because I started with fan fiction myself before I went to original fiction. And... I mean, I, I told guys that, you know, I have a book coming out, but generally I think each each um, genre has its audience. So you have yeah. like the people, you get like maybe the conversion is maybe one or two or five, but generally. I'm hoping for max. 10%. 10% conversion. Yeah. 10% would I, be I, very I'm good. Not, I'm not particularly hopeful. And even the 10% is, you know, spread over time. Mm. But for the book, I mean, you see the statistics for how self-publishing do within the first year. Um even in the first month, you're looking at a successful book. Successful book sells, sells 250 copies. Successful. Oh. So, 
I'm not aiming for successful. I'm aiming for, I am not the only one who bought a coffee. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. If at least one other person who is not my mother, who is not me, and who is not directly related to me by blood, buys that book, I am going to consider that a success. And then you, you build up on you did one, then you do a second one, then you do a third one. But you still, you have to start with one. True. And if I can make that transition as easy as possible by co-opting people who already have my stuff, even if it's just, you know, I might even just do, get them as, as advanced reader copy readers. Yeah, them. you could like, like the ones who are prolific commenters on your work, who really engage yeah. with you. You and can. as long as I can get some reviews which could bring in some momentum, I consider that a success. I, I, I am well aware that the barriers to entry are high. Uh, and, and But I mean, and I also have my own like barriers to entry that have nothing to do with the market. Because when I started writing, I had interest in the market at all marketing wasn't part of the thing people were not part of the thing at all I wrote because something needed to exist it needed to exist outside me and once it was done I was done so I've done NaNoWriMo for what 19 years every year for 19 years yeah, for 19 years and I have 19 wow. stories and to be honest am I dying to share those stories with other people not even a little bit but you know I might eventually but I have to get past this particular step this deliberate act of I am writing this story with an audience in mind and then after I've done that Maybe I can go back to the ones that I didn't write with an audience in mind and maybe share, I don't know, one or five or however many. <laughs> it's, I, I understand that it will take, it will take something from me. It will demand things. And I'm prepared, almost, almost, I think, prepared to, to do that. Uh, I just, I need to have you know, a soft place to land. <laughs> so um, you have 19 manuscripts is what you're saying right now. But... No, that does not count the camps. I've done a couple of camps as well. So I have a total of 23. You have 23 manuscripts. Yep. <laughs> I am in Which, awe. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been like, you know, we, me and you are opposite because like I write like some silly short story and I just put it in a short story book and I put it out there like, <laughs> you know? There's... This now might be uh, a generational thing. Because when I started NaNoWriMo, 
to be honest, even these options for self-publishing, they didn't exist. Things like Lulu, which I remember them giving us an offer to get your book bound and you get us a, a personal copy of it. I think that happened like seven years into my experience of things. Um, and then when KDP came up, that took another, what, like five, six years after Lulu? Yeah. So, you know, we had space. Actually, we had Create Space first, and then KDP came in later. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of these things weren't even options. You you would find some place in town to, to, you know, to bind your book and sort of give you a copy, and you just put it in the house somewhere. You, you know, not even edited. You don't even know about this stuff. It was very much a solo affair. And then, of course, as that improved and the processes improved and people got into those processes, unfortunately for me, it was it was a nice hobby that I did on the side of other things that I was already doing. It wasn't the thing. It was a fun thing you did once a year for one month, and then you moved on to other things. You know, I worked full-time, I moved crazy things. You, ha I had other things that I was doing. So by the time when I left my last job is when, you know, I started thinking about it more seriously. But even then, it took the weirdest turn because I joined Wattpad specifically to read English translations of existing non-English books that did not have official translation. That's why I ended up there. So for like a whole year, all I did was look for things that were written in, in originally in Chinese or Thai or Japanese, but somebody somewhere felt this overwhelming desire to translate it and present it. And I was like, thank you people. So it wasn't even a writing thing. The writing came 2019, when for some reason I was like, my days of writing fan fiction are not over. I should do fan fiction. Then I wrote, that's the first year I did 100,000 words during NaNoWriMo. And I did, God, eight fan fiction stories. Eight fan fiction stories of how many words? They were mixed length. Uh, they were all over the place. Holy crap. Uh, I don't actually remember. The longest one was 80,000 words. No, the 80,000 words is after I finished it because I sort of drafted during NaNoWriMo and then added and edited and did all the stuff afterwards. I know I have the number somewhere, but it was crazy. So wow. all these you're, you're making very... me feel like you're making me feel very unprofessional because you have drafts for your fan fiction. <laughs> I feel like a slacker. <laughs> yeah, like what? I just I just I just go on AO3 and just update like anything which enters my head I'm like yeah so where's this story going like at that point 
is when I'm thinking about so where's this story going the next chapter and I put the next chapter up and then I <laughs> go off and do my business and like till next time <laughs> okay no 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 but that's just the, the the pencil in you because me as a plotter I have an outline even for my fanfics <laughs> Wow, I'm just like okay. I'm just a hundred thousand words <laughs> in a month. In a month, <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I do a hundred thousand words because work, but just yeah. But I mean, like on top of work. Yeah, on top of work, people. and then just another hundred thousand words. Wow, that's insane was amazing but it was it was also the first time I was like wait should I write 50,000 words it's like there are restrictions I'm like I don't know about that so I wrote 100,000 words it was the first time I did it and I was in shock 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 and then and then I just didn't stop because 2020 2021 2022 I literally just I did the 100,000 again and again. Okay, but do you mind if I ask you, what is it, the the personal barrier that stops you from publishing? The personal Um, barriers rather than institutional? Aside from, I just never thought that there was any reason to. (laughs) That sounds so bad. (laughs) Like... like when you're writing, you're writing, you you write, you write, you finish. You have your entire manuscript, right? It's a story. And what what is your thought process then? Are you thinking, oh, okay, it's done. I'm just going to put it aside. Do you, do you ever think, I wonder if what people would think of this story or I want people to read this story or, you know, what should I do with this story? Or is it just like, it's the point is to write. The point was to write. For the longest time, the point was the writing. The point was this one month of delightful escapism and pitching yourself against this possibility and seeing what would come of it. And then, you know, when you're done, you're sort of like, oh, oh, that was interesting. I do that a lot. That was interesting. It's like, should be a motto at this point. Oh, is it interesting? Let's give it a try. Oh, yeah, that was interesting. Then you move on. But there was also this, I I, I do have to admit to having fallen for some of the lies. The idea, you know, people don't read. People are not that interested. Um, You know, there are restrictions to, you know, entry from people of color, women of color. No, that's not, those are not necessarily lies. Those are true, right? Those are, Maybe maybe the people don't read is not true. The readers are there. But the other things are, are quite true. There are barriers. And yeah. uh, especially of, to people of color. Yeah, and especially barriers... in the international market. Yes. But you see, the barriers are out there. They should not by necessity apply to what I put into the market. True. It would be restrict whoever chooses to buy it it's um, like this, you're telling yourself no before anyone can tell you exactly and this is something that i learned as i started working on my blog not because of anything else 
I have maybe what 20 regular readers, a few people who show up once in a while and have the weirdest fan base. But if I don't put it out and I don't tell them that it's there, then that's on me. That's not on them. If I put it out, if I've told them it's there and they choose not to read it, that's on them. And that difference, it's so weird that it needed to, I needed to make that distinguishment to, to sort of understand as a creative person, I have the responsibility of putting the content out there, not insisting that people read it and informing people that it's available and making it as easy to access as should be possible. But beyond that, so me. so it was a journey for you you came you came yeah. from this meant it was a meant it was a mental journey like you came from this place of yes i i can write and i have written a story but uh people won't read it and then you had to go on the journey of hey so it's not up to me to decide that people won't read it maybe i should do something and then now you have to decide on the logistics of doing something. <laughs> but then there's also the reality of, even when I look at the stories that I've written, yeah, some of them are not for people. <laughs> There's still <they're> <laughs> like 23, I would say about 50% of them. Yeah, I do not need that to be out in the world. People need to mind their business. The rest, I might, you know, conceive of a world where I put them out there. But there are some which want they were not for an audience. They are not for an audience at all. They were definitely what, all about. But what do you mean by that? In what sense were they not for an audience? It's, it's some of them. It's it's the topic. I wrote a womb story, for example. Are you familiar? Womb with the, story. W H U. It's basically a heart comfort, but it's heavy on the hurt, not so much on the comfort. But that's uh, a very popular uh, subgenre. It's a subgenre of heart comfort. It's out there. I wrote it because I needed to write it. It is a very dark story. I am not putting it in the world. I ain't crazy enough to do that. Okay, I would like to make a. I would like to make a pitch for you to not decide what stories should be put out in the world based on how dark you think they are because um let me let me give you a, a short story a short story about my first uh, foray into publishing it in quotes so it was i think create space i think i use create space so i I had, uh, I'm a single mom and I had written a story. I had just written down the story of, of, of being a single mom from when I gave birth or rather when I, when I conceived, I suppose, to the time that I was, I think my child was six at the time. So um, it was a very, very dark story. A lot of dark things happened to me and 
I don't know what possessed me. And it was very personal. And I just looked at this story and like it's just like knives. It's knives and it was hurt, no comfort. Okay. And I somehow decided to put it up on Amazon. Like the cover was so much of a struggle. I can't even, it's embarrassing. My first book cover is embarrassed. I think it was just like a picture of my that just a random picture of my son. So anyway, I put this up and I just put it up and forgot about it. I, I don't, because I don't have um a, a, a bank account in the state. So Amazon cannot send me a check. You know, they, they usually do check or I don't know if they have another means to pay you for your books. Mm -hmm. So I'm putting this book up, I'm pricing it, and I don't even have a way to get the money if I make sales. <laughs> okay. So I was, uh, I was, I, I, I think around three years later, I was like, I should put this book down. This cover, it's just, it's just, it's just so much of a struggle. You know, the whole thing is the struggle. I should take it down. Mm -hmm. And like the same month I was saying I should take this book down, I get this email from this person who tells me that they read my book and they cried throughout the book and it really helps them in their situation. And I was like, okay, um, maybe I don't take it down. Maybe I just change the cover for one thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't. And it's still up, by the way. And sometimes some stories are just, yes, they're very personal. But once you put them out there, they're not yours anymore. They, whoever reads them gets what they need from them. The I've written a book. My dad died. I didn't feel, I couldn't cry, I couldn't do anything. So I wrote a book, and the book is called R.I.P. And I didn't, it, it wasn't, it was a fictional book. It was about a slave named Bulitia, which is my dad's name, who was taken to the States. And he he gets there, and there's a whole, like, his, his master is also a monster. And it was my therapy or whatever you call it when you express your emotions on the page. And someone else might say, oh, that's really dark. Why did you publish it? And I'm like, yeah, but once it has come from inside and gone outside, it doesn't belong to me anymore. It's, it belongs to the world. So I'm not telling you that you should publish 23 manuscripts, but I'm just giving you another perspective. Oh, no, I, I understand personal. In fact, personal is one of the key features of, am I even going to bother? The thing that makes some of the manuscripts not what would you call it, publicly viable, is probably the opposite. The fact that they are not personal. The fact that, you know, they don't have, they have no heart, you know? 
they 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 were experiments some failed obviously yeah there's one which i look at and i'm wondering what the hell was i thinking but there are reasons that are there that are nothing about it's not something the story. you want to put I, I don't you you almost you you just don't want to put it out in the world because it changes something and i don't want that the other ones are fine and seriously 20 that still leaves me with 10 <laughs> if, if i ever finish editing that's too that's a lot of time to do stuff and that's not taking into account anything new i write so you know I'm not so attached to the idea that they must be in the public. So whatever works will work. I might do five years from now and I'm like, why was I holding back on this? And be like, yeah, maybe it'll can go. And then something else that I publish, I'll be like, why did you do that? And then you pull it. Again, this is the joy of self-publishing. You can do whatever you want. True. Very true. Yeah, crazy, crazy options. And sometimes I actually think maybe the options are too many. But then there's also let's let's see what happens. I mean, I, I keep looking at that statistic uh, uh, for for successful self-published authors, and the average number of books they put out in a year is five point four. And I'm like yeah no <laughs> but i think i think i think those are more of um story mills rather no, than stories actually do you belong to 20 books to 50k no i don't believe in that notion at all like at all okay, so the, the, they they tend to have quite a few sort of steady posts. You have a lot of the end posts, which are great fun. You know, people who have finished their manuscripts and it's a great celebration. But they also started doing this. My first 100... My first 100,000 and my first million. And on average... And you have the crazy people who write 27 books in a year and you're thinking, why? And then you have, of course, the people who write one trilogy and they're done. But then on average for the people who pay their salary and they get to a million, first for some reason, there's a 10 year mark that seems to be associated. And on average, when you split the number of books that they've done for that, it comes to about 5.4. I mean, 5.4 for 10 years or for one year? 5.4 per year for, for 10, 10 years. years. Most of them have written anywhere between 50 and 65 books. As I said, there are some crazy people. There's one lady who wrote 27 books in a year, and I'm just like, 
27 books in a year. A year has 12 months means about <laughs> what? A two and a half books every month. Uh, then there was another one who wrote 17 books in a year. There are some who write eight on a regular basis, two every quarter. Those are story but, yeah. meals. Uh, yeah, I average... know that um, for some of these stories, the way that you can easily pump up these kind of things, if you have story structure really down pat, if you know how to create characters and you know how you're, you're studying, you can easily do that. And then all you're doing is mixing and matching characters, mixing and matching the situations, and you know the, direct, the direction of your story. So it's not that hard for you to do. But if you're trying to do a novel idea every time, I feel like you would not be able to do this. Also, Actually, just, also just writing. Also just writing. You can't write 27 books in a year, edit it, um, do all everything that you need to do. And it, it's not practical unless it's a story meal, which means you have ghostwriters writing your books for you and all you're doing and getting a bunch of editors and then all you're doing is publishing actually the one who did the 27 books the crazy 27 book one she would just write the books and she said that she she would work crazy fast and these are the people who you know they tell you they write 2000 words an hour and she had a dedicated team of editors and she just went from one to the other. She just went from one to the other. I don't even know how you do it. I'm, I, I, the, I am convinced that they are not long books. I mean, if you're doing 30,000 word books. Yeah, unless it's 27 yeah. books of 30,000 words or 20,000 words, maybe. It's still insane. Anyway, and then a lot of them, what they do is that you, you serialize your content. So you have, you know, trilogies and... You know, there's mm -hmm. one who had a series and you're, you create whatever universe you have or whatever world building that you do and then you really use it to write as many stories as you can in it or you have, you know, the same characters but you're writing the next iteration and the next iteration after that. But have you, have you tried reading those books? Have you tried reading them? I've read like a couple of the... The, there's there's another group that gives that tells you about special offers for independent writers and some of them are amazing but again i tend towards the longer ones i'm not going to be reading the 30000 word ones so you find that the people who write like 60000 words even 90000 words they'll do three maybe four books a year on the outside but most of them it's like three and four but still, I, I like those ones. I really do. <laughs> Some of them are fantastic. I'm just like, okay, way to set the bar high. <laughs> we shall be higher. Mm, at least we know what we are aiming for. Uh, but yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. And then actually, with the with the group, the the 10k in a day group. Um, you can actually see, because if you run the sprints with the guys, there's right now everybody's a bit crazy about for the words. Everybody has been writing in for the words. Uh -huh. um, 
the writing for the words and you actually see the progression of, you know, I'm starting the book today. I finished the draft. Uh, the draft has gone to the editors. Uh, we're working on the cover. The pre-order is set. The book is out. You're literally watching somebody go through that process. And I think that's also what's made it a little bit more accessible, this idea of self-publishing, because you're literally seeing people doing it over yeah. and over again. Yeah. There's something to seeing it done. The joys of the internet are, 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 are for real. So seeing somebody go through all those steps Success. You realize that it's not it's not out of reach. Yeah, and and as I said, as long as it's not just you know somebody I'm related to by blood buying my book, I'm cool. All right. So I hope like anyone who's reading listening to this will take it upon themselves to buy. <laughs> anyway, now, now. We are uh, approaching the almost five minutes to go. Again, I can't believe we used up the whole entire time again. So let's wrap up. Let's wrap up. Um, everyone, two minutes. What do you want the takeaway from this episode to be? Vera, you can start. Uh, I guess for me, just be that Apparently, this is something that's doable. This fifty thousand <laughs> words in a in a week, and yeah. it's an experience. And I think that maybe people should try it if they're in a position to do so. And even if they aren't, there are things you can do that, like maybe a halfway measure. Maybe you do it for two weeks instead of one week. But there's a lot of things that can be learned from just experiencing this and setting yourself these goals and putting in all of the tricks and techniques into your normal writing. Like if the sprints work for you, maybe do it beyond this challenge and so on, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Elizabeth? She said it all, she said it. Well, that's it, you know, challenge yourself. You, you won't know what your limits are until you actually test those limits. I didn't know I could do this up until I did. And then once I did, now it's in there. It's part of my repertoire, whether I use it or not. But you have to try first. Try NaNoWriMo, write 50,000 words in 30 days. And then maybe edit it as quickly as possible. Figure out what's possible. Try it. Learn. Repeat. And you better have fun while you're doing it. I mean you got to enjoy it as tiring as horrifying as it is well sometimes as annoying as it gets i enjoyed this i truly enjoyed it and that you don't you don't want to be in a place where you're doing this and you hate it so true just test yourself enjoy yourself that's it you know who knows? Who knows? Might learn something. <laughs> okay. Elizabeth, Vera, I want to thank you so much for taking up your time with me. 
on this episode and sharing your experiences. It's been lovely. I've enjoyed myself. I, I, I'm so sorry. It's taken like three times the amount of time it was supposed to take. <laughs> but, for the technical. Yeah. Technical issues. I'm just learning. It's just part of, you know, life. Life is full of technical issues. <laughs> so um, we will say goodbye for now. I really Hi, had fun. Yeah. 